Okay. So we now have, let me count them. I think there's 22 of us on the team. One, there's two, a few. It, it's like came out of nowhere. 20 I feel like. Uh, I think I was like 15 when I joined. See, 15. 14 or 15. That's <laughs> I'm something. You know, people are like I was I was employee number 10 at Google or whatever. That's that's kind of a funny thought that you know yeah. what employee number, number 15. <laughs> I was number. I know I know what homeowner one, I was too zero, in my community. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. I think I do like homeowner number three. I was number two. Number two, I think I, I thought. I thought yeah, you second there. to close, um, but I think we were the first to live here. Yeah, we were like the seventh. Here's to close. A, here, here's an interesting question. I'll tell you why the inspiration came from after we talked about it for a second. But of all the people on our team, how many would you guess, without saying any names, have some form of ADD? That stands on for the marketing team. I'd say eighty percent. Yeah, diagnosed or undiagnosed. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, know. I'm, I'm part of the undiagnosed crowd, although I am medicated. No, that's not true. I am. Di- I never took a test. The doctor just looked at me and was like, yeah, you yeah, have you issues, have kid. I don't. Is that just how we work? I don't know. If it's, if you're the majority, is it actually a disorder? I'm not a doctor. Like, I don't know. Or maybe it's not the majority. And it's just like you act like someone who does because of X, Y, Z. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really but matter. But I wonder if that's what makes a lot of us good at our job and to your point then should should you even call that attention yeah, deficit like, disorder and left field like is it something if everyone's that i think we all have optimal working conditions as far as where we're most productive and finding that is challenging if that makes sense right. like you well, need I'm, pressure i'm just saying Some that i think the majority pressure. of the people on our team andrew mm-hmm. are highly susceptible to the Working, 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 missing a notification or an oh, email. Sure. And and like, it's not an excuse. It's like, I am so focused on getting these ads improved or fixing this issue for a builder that came in that that wants help with something mm-hmm. that it's not a down, it's, it's not a negative. And the, except for how it interacts with those around us, maybe who don't understand that. So it's not even, it's nothing to learn or any, I just... I saw someone that we work with who's a, a CMO at a, at a large builder and she does a fantastic job, but she kind of admitted openly on LinkedIn on, on an article or shared an article and talked about how like, Hey, I have ADHD, which is another level of both potentially distraction, but also the ability to hyper-focus on a task mm-hmm. and especially something that you're interested in. And that's where I was like, huh, I looked at that article and I go, maybe, maybe like I really am ADHD because that's, that's why like my mind never turns off the home building stuff and everything in my life. I'm like, how does that apply to home building? How does that apply to home building? Yeah. I, I always feel like mine, we're being, yeah, we're, we're a therapy session now. Mine is a constant revolving. It's like the channel's always changing. Like, but I don't, that it's not stress. It's not anxiety. As far as like my wife, she has Mm -hmm. anxiety, the way she functions. I'm like, I'm not that like, there's no worry. There's no like negative feeling or talk or it's just like the channel's always changing until it fixates on something and then it's like oh there's 13 slacks i need to answer it's been an hour and a half sorry everybody <laughs> like what i'm done do yeah yeah but then the you can't yeah you can't be both i think that's what i'm learning is you can't expect someone to be able to process and analyze with full attention and also be a secretary essentially a reception desk of like this perfect communicator and email as far as like it's hard to be both like you can't be a painter and an analyst with numbers they're just different different 
don't know if there's any fault in any of those. But yeah, I like that. Yeah, no, I, we just hit our theme. We can we can start the show because to me, I I'm always listening for echoes of things that come up over and over and over again. And the last two weeks, the word that comes to me is is alignment. So we'll, like we'll jump in and yeah, that's my story time. All right, let's get started. Let's do it. Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 275. I'm Kevin Oakley and with me today is the ad doctor, Andrew Peake. And Samantha Kellenberger. We are here. Sam, for short. Sam, I never hear your last name. I love your last name. This is great. <laughs> Sam knows the most famous people, I think, out of everyone at Do You Convert, in case you no. want oh, to yeah. get like connected to someone. She is Broncos. so sneaky. Yeah. All, all these famous people in California, which is, that's where the famous people are. It's, it's wait, great. Wait, wait, wait. Who's the famous person? Is, I missed something then. Say this again. <laughs> you don't want to mention I don't even know what Andrew's talking about. Yeah, she does. Oh, okay. She's fancy. You'll just like casually, you're not even name dropping because name dropping would be like trying to piggyback on their fame or success to like inflate you. You're just like, oh yeah, this person. I'm like, what? <laughs> or like, oh yeah, my my uncle did this. You're like, I'm like, what? Right. It's like, I yeah. can't remember anything. ADD, ADHD, I don't know. Names yeah. are awful for me. But I feel like yeah, on like, average, Sam like has Dre some recorded story. your voicemail message uh, when you call you, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. And Let's here go. comes story time. All right. Andrew? Yeah, let's go. Mine's, mine's short. It, we, we talked about it today a little bit when our internally marketing meeting, but it, it kind of fits a theme of just doing it. Don't jump in there. Don't be scared. Like, so J4 is coming up. We're all t- talking about it, thinking about it. For some, I think it's like, oh, change. And we like, we make we inflate it to be something bigger than it actually is. If you just go in there and use it, try to do what you normally would do in Universal Analytics or GA3. Have two screens up. This is the exact thing I said earlier. If have two screens up, if you don't have two screens, get a second one. I don't know what's wrong with you. If you're listening to this podcast and you have one monitor, you need a second monitor. And if you go step by step with whatever you're analyzing or just checking the traffic on over like a week period, I think it'll be like, oh. Like it's different, but it's not, it's really not that bad. And then, so that's GA4. So just, just do it. Nike. Well, perfect, what you're talking quote. about is, is like learning any language. It's so, yeah, that's why I'm going to step back. Like you just have to do it for anything. If you want to learn data studio, there's no, I was helping someone on our team price. She had some weird goofy errors in data studio that I personally haven't seen before. And I'm like, the only way to fix it is to jump in there and do it. Like, and just mess around. Like Googling wasn't helping at all. So eventually you just like, all right, let's, it's broken already. I can't make it worse. So sure enough, we figured it out in like five minutes. Yeah. And now we know it's not a big deal, but we could sit there and like, I'm, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, we're spinning our wheels. No, let's do it. Melanie um, is trying to learn Spanish. She's been working on it for three years now using Duolingo and all the different apps, but she's signed up for an actual teacher, someone that we, we nice. knew in Guatemala to hop on zoom. And they're like, you just have to keep watching videos. Like I think she bought one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And it's that same idea of like the comfort of you, you know, page one and two of that book. If you have four kids, like we do, it's all yeah. like, I could probably say half that book out of, 
out of memory. So then when you're looking at it in Spanish, like, oh, okay, I feel, I feel like I know it, even if you don't like, right. It's just that. And so having both screens up comparing is kind of your pro tip of how to make this less scary. Yeah, just do it. Cause you've, I think everyone has done, has performed, has learned a similar type of, maybe the tool is different, but they're like, say if you're into video games or gaming, like, I think that's most people can relate to. Well, you've never played that game before, but you have the controls in your hand, you know, like the intention is there. It is new and different. And sure enough, a few days later, you're now familiar with that new game. Same type of thing with GA4. Now the metrics are different and that's where it gets complex. It's like, well, I am comfortable with it, but we've been reporting bounce rate pages, um, pages per session, average session duration for years now. That's all we've ever reported on. And now you don't have those. So that, that will have discomfort. Totally cool with that. I think everyone is uncomfortable with it. But just getting there and using it, yeah, that should be that should be pretty easy for you if you're willing to just like jump in the deep end. You're like, oh, I'm not I'm not drowning. I can swim. This is no big deal. And all that's in the context of also knowing that like the call we just got off of, we spent the this the full half second half of it walking through community analysis and analytics, and that individual loves it, loves data, but also hasn't spent enough time in Universal to really feel comfortable doing what yeah. we were doing yet. So. There's two parts. If you've already been in Universal, this really shouldn't be hard. You just have to compare. If you never got into into Universal, now's your excuse to force yourself to get in. Period. But you might not. The comparison might not be as necessary. You just you're, you're jumping just in it. like a baby yeah. who doesn't know how to swim, but yeah. figures it out. And babies float, so there you go. You'll you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Infant swim awesome. rescue. Adam. What's that? Sam, do you have anything this week? Uh, more of a personal story. I mean, we've been in our house now for over a year and it's just been like finally coming together. We're finally going to get our plants and landscaping done next week. And so it's just been really cool seeing the community just like from the ground up come, be built. So that's fun. I mean, we're still waiting on a bunch of things because it's a huge master plan community, but it's just been fun being a part of the process and like seeing the other side of it. Yeah. But you feel like you're, you're kind of settled because yes. like we've been in our house for, an, for a year and three months now. I would say we're just starting to be able to feel like, huh, there's still stuff that needs done. There's still stuff to be addressed. Yeah. The I mean, yard is getting reseeded for the third time right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We're going to get our grass next week. As long as the weather's permitting, it's been kind of freezing this week. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we got our porch swing up last week. We got our storm door. So like we finally got like our little things that we wanted to add to the house. Nice. Done. So it, it, it feels good. Are you, do you still have any warranty work that's going on a year later? I mean, we still have to get our AC fix. That was my, oh, no. oh, our, yeah. our story, my story last week in our team call. So that's still an ongoing issue which is we're just like in this limbo between our builder and the sol- the solar company that they we are we bought our house with solar on our roof already installed and um something happened where they came in on the same day that our AC stopped working and our AC breaker is in the same box as our solar so it's just kind of a mess cuz it's like they're not technically a vendor for our home builder but they're also like recommended by our builder so it's just kind of this weird like who's mm. at fault? Victim of the trade situation. Interesting. That's, yeah, this is but, not my story time. I'm still reserving my story time after this. But Sean Van Dyke, this one's for you, man. 
Like you, you, like, you do such a me. great job on the <laughs> socials promoting what you do. So if you don't, not familiar with Sean Van Dyke, we should link to his Instagram profile. I think we helped him get over a thousand originally. I don't, he probably has 50,000 uh, followers now or more. Great job at putting out consistent content. He, he does some of the same kinds of things that do you convert does, but focuses on working with trades and vendors primarily and business owners, so small business owners who are trades and one of his constant thing, I, I think I see it every week, is he's talking about, hey, get paid for planning. Like, used to be able to get these things done for free as a consumer, as part of the bid job. Like, hey, let's call three different companies, have them come out, look, write up an estimate. And he's like, no, now now you can get paid to plan and maybe collect money up front or you know, charge right prices. All that stuff is 100% true, Sean, but I just need you to to create a new series of content that talks about that you better fulfill your promise as a contractor if you start creating those additional expectations or barriers of, I'm charging you this price so that I can provide an amazing experience. You better do that. You better communicate clearly with the customer. Obviously, this is all pent up of <laughs> the Oakley household <laughs> who, you know, it's I, probably I'm doing my best with my wife yeah. to try to explain to her that this isn't personal to her because it's everything. You know, we, we've got pool people, lawn people, tree people, uh, builder warranty people, all these folks. Come, and, and everyone just kind of shows up when they want to. They usually don't have a full crew or personnel or like you're talking about, say like they don't really know what the problem is or they don't have the part they need or they're kind of pointing in different directions. And it's everyone. So I, I'm just like, hey, it's okay. This isn't personal. They don't hate the Oakleys. Like everyone's going through the same experience. It's just like, but it's wrong, Kevin. It's wrong. I'm like, I... You're right. So, Sean, we just need you to help contractors. Yeah, push that like, message out. Charge call. premium. Yeah, like, charge just premium. call like two hours before you show up and say, hey, I'm going to be showing up. That would be like, yeah, that would be amazing. That's <laughs> such an odd one. <laughs> okay. There's probably technology that like you know, just can sort of help well, you out with that. Yeah, there is. And and I think, well, yeah, Sarcastic like the technology there. definitely yeah, of exists. It's for probably like nine ninety. Make sure they month. collect their their payments on time. Like the number of vendors who are on digital payment platforms or send you their invoice and then ask for you know X percent payment up front. Like they got that technology down, mm-hmm. but just yeah. making sure that you know people show up on time and and not over scheduling that seems to be that seems to be a challenge. All right, enough of that. I think my story time is I so I got I got a wetsuit actually. I can. This is embarrassing, but I can we see I, you put it on right here because no, it'll take you like 20 no, minutes. I, I bought a <laughs> wetsuit. Yeah. Wetsuits aren't terribly expensive, but you know, Kevin wetsuit in Columbus, Ohio. I just yeah. talked about myself in the third person. I don't think I've ever done that before. I do that. I don't, I don't live near a beach. I don't, I don't live near a giant, uh, great lake or anything, but I do enjoy surfing. And so I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll get something that I can take with me so I don't have to rent whenever I, I travel near near a coast, right? So that makes no sense, but I justified it and I bought, you know, a couple hundred dollar wetsuit. But I could have bought a $75 wetsuit, but I bought, you know, a $215 wetsuit. What's that yeah. all about? You gotta be warm. I mean, it goes back into, I researched stuff that I shouldn't have and looked at people who, you know, are better than me and what they use and all this stuff that doesn't matter worth a hill of beans. And then I, I get the wetsuit and I look at the, I look at the care instructions on this thing mm-hmm. and I already know like I'm, I'm screwed. So it says uh, care instructions. This is compelling radio. It comes with a one-year warranty. 
But okay. proper care is required. We're not responsible for stuff. And so here's the care instructions. Every time you use it, rinse your entire wetsuit with fresh water and hang dry out of direct sunlight. Okay, that sounds relatively simple, but yeah. just knowing that I'm going to be traveling and like, I don't know, like I have to hang it up and run it in the shower. Is that what happens? And And then it just hit me later on that day as I was, you know, going full ADD. On how does this relate to home building? Yeah. The difference between professionals and amateurs is the is the overly being overly focused on the tool as the excuse or the reason is something that amateurs tend to obsess about. Okay. Without the understanding that the professional has patience. So maybe that's mm-hmm. a bad way to say, it. let me try a different way. If you buy a two thousand dollar fishing rod, I'm gonna pick something I know nothing about. fishing rod. I'm sure such a thing exists. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If I, Kevin Oakley, buy that, I've bought a few $50 fishing rods in my lifetime and they only last like three or four times and then everything gets all tangled up and stuff is broken. I don't know how to fix it or put weights on. And so then it gets, it gets tossed out. What's, what that is about is me having a lack of patience as an amateur. I'm trying to buy the tool, not considering the amount of care and attention and patience. Like, I don't, I don't know the other example. I think that firearms would be one where like, I'm sure if I bought a gun, I would not clean it and take it apart and do all the things I'm supposed to do because that's not, none of the obsession about that for me would be, here's another thing to clean and take care of. Right. But if you're a gun person, you like, you live to clean. I don't, again, I've just talked to people and they're like, oh, I get to clean my gun this afternoon. It's going to be great. I'm like, that sounds not fun Terrible. at all. <laughs> So trying to pull this back into to applicability, it's just like, wow, there's, there's certain tools and terms and trends that people become obsessed with or excited about, but because they're not a professional or they're not thinking about it from a professional perspective, we're not giving enough care or attention to what's required to set up to use it right. Or how does this align to other processes? It's just like, cool, new tool, apply it. Without that, like, again, uh, the other, try to give just one more example. This guy came to look at one of our mini split system that heats and cools the DU Convert Studios here. It wasn't working properly. He only worked on the machine outside for about 15 minutes. But there was about 30 to 45 minutes in total time of him prepping all of his tools and cleaning up after himself properly. And again, it's just like, well, if I did that, the cleanup would have been a disaster if my kids did it, like cleanup is a disaster yeah. or non-existent. Anyway, that's my thing that I'm makes sense. thinking about. And then about. a an amateur, I'm trying to, yeah, I, I see the analogy to the marketer. Like they are over-indexing on the hot new thing, thinking that is going to like, oh, I need to get that wetsuit and I'm going to get this new surfboard, this new tech. And that's going to help me like drop in on like six foot, eight foot waves overhead. Yep. But it's like, no, 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 like. You don't need that. Like you don't even know how to take advantage of that yet. And that's what they're. Well, or, or you're again, you're not even going in analytics now, but you're going to, you're going to sign up for four new systems and tools that you're probably also not likely to go into yeah. either to really inspect or analyze. And the last part of this is that the people selling services know this about you. So they're always talking about the end result and skipping over all of the patients and preparation preparatory work and transitional work that's going to be necessary to do it right. 
and they're just saying, we can make this happen for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Pardot would be the perfect example. Yeah. And we've talked about this, but it's been maybe three years since we've talked about on the podcast. There's probably eight different home building organizations that we've worked with who have or own Pardot. And all of zero who have implemented it even partially successfully. Yeah, that's um, extremely expensive that's tool, extremely capable tool, applicable to our industry is a question mark just because we haven't seen it be worth that investment. But it's something that's like, if you're like, what can we do? Oh, here's a, here's an amazing marketing automation tool. Mm -hmm. Let's do that. But then it doesn't, again, not, not enough patience. Yeah. Where HubSpot is, I'd say, oh yeah, I, I didn't trying to figure out what I want to say without it being offensive to anybody. A lot of really smart people that I'm, that I'm personally super impressed with are killing it with HubSpot and they're not even utilizing everything HubSpot has. So in my mind to think that someone who's not as obsessed with marketing and all the ins and outs of it, mm -hmm. that wants to spend the afternoon quote, cleaning the gun to jump straight to Pardot, which is like stupidly yeah. complex. Like that's actually going to make it actually worse. And that's even, even between HubSpot and Lasso, which are like the two CRMs that we use most often. There's a lot of people who get excited about different features in HubSpot. But again, like you just, I, I look at that organization and their culture and I'm saying you're struggling getting better than 15% adoption with Lasso from your onsite sales team. Like you're yeah. good luck. Just flush it all down the toilet if you're going to transition them to HubSpot. So <laughs> bless you, you know, and, and, and Lasso has all those features that you can make connections to and, and work over time. Again, it just, so yeah, I, I, I just saying that to say HubSpot's not like a panacea either. It's just mm -hmm. another tool that has uh, a lots of opportunity, but if you don't have the patience to, to implement it well, then, you know, what, what's the point? Yeah. Anyway. Alignment. If you're not, I don't know if that's where we're going with alignment, but we might have to change not, this segment from story yeah. time to like workshopping ideas. Cause again, I don't have anything for you as a concrete takeaway other than just don't, don't overly focus. Oh, well, uh, let's look at another final example and then we'll move to the news. Builder that we work with does their pre-sale without fail event and hmm. they sell 18 of their homes on the first day. And it's pretty cool. They, that's really cool. But you know, the most complex part of the process that caused the most confusion <clears throat> was the online slash hybrid portion and how it didn't interface well with the in-person experience uh, process to the point where you're just like, that made me think about all the other things that everyone would say they must do in order to be successful that they didn't do, but they did all of the basics really well. Like no newfangled tool or interactive experience per se, but they had it months that they had, they had visuals and, and the, to the extent the interactive tools they did have were done way in advance of when they wanted to start selling in comparison, most people, like we talked to another builder, it's like, I'm getting, I'm getting the keys to this new master um, plan or, or large community project on May 30th. Uh, and then they want to make sure we have multiple sales in June. It's like, I'm going to have no visuals, no nothing, but like, this is the expectation being set. Yeah. A little different. And what's interesting that first builder you're talking about, is this their sixth 
or fifth or sixth, like extremely successful launch, even during the pandemic. Yeah, at least. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, they, for them, I, to me, my takeaway thinking about that builder is like the calculation of how many leads we need, the cost per lead, the adequate budget. And it, all of it, you're like, Ooh, that's so aggressive on the spend, but you're like, well, here's the revenue on the day it opened. Is it aggressive? Not really. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's right in line with what it should be. Um, but they're willing to yeah. just commit to it. Of course, the, the success, success, success that that marketer has driven, you know, there's the credibility right there. They can do whatever they need to do to make the launches work. So they have that street. Sam, Sam, what do you think from your perspective as someone with a design background and lots of varied interests in, in your personal life? Is there an example you can think of? Like maybe it, maybe it's using like Adobe products when you don't even have a sense of like design one-on-one at all, but thinking that just getting that suite makes you a designer. I don't know. Is there anything else in your world that comes yeah, to mind? That's a good this, example. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go to Canva first before <laughs> doing Adobe, please. Mm-hmm. I don't I know. Of, I think of Illustrator. Could you said Adobe? I'm terrified of Illustrator. Uh, I used to be yeah. terrified of Illustrator. I got, I got better at it, <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, Adobe is a big one. I don't know. I'm thinking like in the cosplay world is like, is there, is there a shortcut that people try to do with, with I mean, rather than like making, stuff, making your own costume versus buying something that somebody else made? Yeah. I don't know. And like your initial reaction, I would imagine is like, I'll just buy something that someone else made, but that doesn't make you, I, I like, yeah. How does, how does that ultimately the, the satisfaction is lower when you actually use it? I would imagine. Yeah. It might not be custom to you and you, I don't know. Like it's just not part of the scene, right? The scene is like explaining to others how you made it, what you did, how long it took you. And if you're like, yeah, I paid a couple hundred bucks on Amazon and I put it on. Yeah. (laughs) Not as much as they, yeah. Yeah. That's like the amateur versus pro. And I think everyone listening should have that pro level expectation. Like we're not amateurs. So then doing the amateur things would be kind of like not in line with what we're supposed to be doing. And I don't even mean amateur to be condescending. It's just less experience, right? Like it's not, Oh, Oh, you amateurs. It's just less experience, less awareness, less integration within the rest of the company. All right. Let's move on to the news. First up, by the time you're hearing this, most likely all of the half price tickets have been sold out for the summit. In fact, I can almost guarantee it because there's just a handful remaining, but we still have full price tickets available which will also likely run out sooner, sooner than you think. So, and when those are gone, there's no other hidden categories of tickets available. We'll, we'll be oh, back God. to saying, see you in 2024 or sign up for the wait list in case someone has to drop out for some reason. Yeah. That's excited. I'm excited um, also, to see so many people. It's amazing. I'm excited. So different. Yeah. It's going to be, it's always, it's always a great time. Uh, this year is going to be the best yet by far. And also up on the site now, you can go to the speaker page. All of the speakers have not been confirmed. Um, we're still going through speakers that have submitted and, and making sure everything is the right fit. But you can get a sense of who is already on the speaker docket. Uh, some new names and some great companies represented there. So check, check that out as well. And uh, more to come on the speaker side and content side as we get closer. Because we are still... Gosh, September. That's um. I mean, it's almost uh, May. Four months right? away. Five May, months yeah. away. I can't do math. Months, uh, it's like well documented. I like how many days until that's yeah. All right. First up, 
from searchengineland.com. Instagram now allows up to five links in bio. Uh-oh. Link in Goodbye, bio. Goodbye, Linktree. Nice to know you. Uh, you're, you're dead now. So use the feature, tap edit profile, then links, then add external link. You can Let's drag see. and drop links in the order you want them to appear as well. So I'm going to try to do it right now. Man, th- thank you, Zuck, <laughs> for killing the metaverse and refocusing on your core products because this should have happened a long time ago. Yeah, agreed. I'm going to change my yeah. stuff now. It's right there. I mean, it's, e- it's right there. It's easy. Yeah. Easy peasy. Super easy. Quick move ins, um, communities, floor plans. I don't know. Gallery. <laughs> Gallery. Ooh, 3D tools. Mm-hmm. Do all the Promo. things. Put them all there. All of them. Uh, take advantage of that. No reason not to. Next up from Builder Online, lack of existing inventory buoys builder confidence in April. NHB Wells Fargo Housing Market Index values for sales conditions and expectations in April were both at or above 50 for the first time since June of 2022. Remember, May was when, mid-April, late April, May was when different builders, different parts of geography last year were like, hey, things seem to be slowing down, things seem to be softening. And by June, everyone was kind of in the same boat around the country. So this makes sense to me. But we could have picked any one of probably 10 different articles talking about another surprising twist in the real estate world is how well home builders are doing. And again, this it's in comparison to the general real estate world or the yeah. used home market, as we call it, where transaction volume is plummeting. Uh, values of homes are not plummeting, but the amount of used homes that are sold has uh, made a, a pretty precipitous decline with no relief in sight. We're still yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, way, way under norms of total number of listings in the U.S. Do you think that will change? Like well, the question, I mean, there's no context that like change. And eventually it all changes, right? In, but inevitable. Do we want it to change? And what does it look like when it does? I think are the interesting things to think through. Like, I think you pulled the team internally, like at the interest rate or, or something. And like for us to buy our next home, oh my goodness, because we're younger, we want to pool the next yeah. house, all this stuff. I'm like, I don't think we could even do it. Like to go from two point whatever at what our current mortgage is to the next house, we'd have to over double the mortgage principal based on when we bought yeah. for our area. And then the rate will go from 2.9 to something. Ooh. So there's yeah. all these people. Well, let's, just let's do it. Right? Let's do a quick, let's do a quick lightning survey. Let's do it. Uh, Sam, what would have to happen in your life to make you want to move or need to move? I mean, need to move both positive or negative. Okay. Just think about it. Cause I'll, I'll start, Andrew, you too. Uh, for Kevin to, to have to move based upon the severity of pain it took to get to where we are now, <laughs> to, to build a right. custom home in the end at the end of the pandemic, to go through all the things to finally get the home to where you want it to be, um, we'd have to have a physical uh, disability in the family where we would look at the things that needed to be changed in terms of ramps or accessibility. And we would say, we're just going to have to find somewhere else to live. Um, I would have to be unable to work. Uh, and even that wouldn't necessarily, cause I have, you know, Aflac or whatever uh, it is. So like long-term disability, short-term disability insurance that, that we pay for. So even that, like Kevin can't make money, but okay. We'd still probably stay here. 
Um, having to move for, again, like a medical urgency where one of our kids had to be at the Cleveland Clinic all the time. Right. But, yeah. but like there's, there's a very, I guess my point is for the Oakley family anyway, there's a very, very short list of things because we're not going to have any more kids accidentally. That's not happening. So like we don't need more space. Yeah, number five. Shoot. We could have to have someone move in with us, I guess, another family member that. Yeah. But like the things, okay, so let's both positive things or negative things. What would, what would, what would have to happen, Sam, for you to be like, let's, we have to move. I mean, that's hard to say. Cause we, I mean, we left California two years ago so that we could buy a house. So in an area mm-hmm. that we wanted to live in. So, um, I guess like if one of us were to lose our jobs or if something were to happen to one of our family members back in California, then we would move. But I mean, we're, we're, we don't, well, I, don't I hate moving. So <laughs> we obviously bought our house for long-term goals of living. By the way, everyone hates moving apparently. Cause again, the average person stays in their home for 12 and a half years now. So yeah, that's almost double what it was, uh, when I got in the, in the industry in 03. Yeah. I forget the number, but I think like throughout my life, I've moved more than like 20 times just because my parents are divorced. And so with all their homes and then going to college and everything. So I've moved almost way more than I'd want to move ever. (laughs) But yeah, I think now um, I'm not, I'm not telling you like if you had four kids, like I do, like you, you went insane like me and had four children. Would you need to move then? Yes. Yeah. If we okay. had too, but too many kids. <laughs> conceivably. I mean, I guess too you could many. have all four at once, <laughs> unless you're going to have uh, quadruplets. Like yeah. you're going to have time for that growth. My point is, well, Andrew, you can wrap us up Good, positive or negative. What, what makes you yeah, move? Like you would have to be something health related that would, for us, like we're in Tampa, we have Moffitt, Tampa general. It would have to be for us, the kids. We have to go like Shands or something. I don't know if anyone mm-hmm. knows the name of these hospitals. Um, that maybe if Lindsay got an absurd job offer, like stupid money, I don't even know what that'd be because right that, now that's her- the other positive that you're right. Like if someone knocked on your door and said, Andrew, I would like to give you $2 million for your house. Sure. That'd be, I'd be like, yes, mm-hmm. I'll sleep outside I mean, tonight. As, as unlikely <laughs> as Sam having quadruplets, but you know, it's yeah. like something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There it goes to so like a crazy offer, which would make no sense because well, sort of make no sense. Um, there's not much inventory down this way um, at all for our for a five bedroom home. There's just not not choices really. Um, if Kevin and Mike decided there's some be we're working in an office, even then, though, right? You'd have to really. I'd run an Excel file with Kevin and be like, "Bro, here's what." No, no. Let's be clear. If we said you all had to come back to an office somewhere, you it. would quit. Like, Kevin would quit. <laughs> I don't even know. So there's really, and then, so, so this, it, is, and then this have is to my sell point. the house too. Like, this is my point. When we think about, will this change? Like yes, eventually it will. But the reasons are almost all bad. Yeah. Catastrophic. Cause we'd rent our it's house. It's kind of like people wishing mm-hmm. that inflation would just turn off tomorrow. Hey, everyone, that is only going to happen when a bunch of people lose their jobs, a bunch more people lose their jobs. Yeah. Or housing goes down or 20%. Or like winter interest rates going to go back down to five and a half or five. They probably will. And when that happens, there's going to be a whole bunch of people who are like, I can't buy a house at 5%. It doesn't matter what the interest rate is. I feel too uncertain about life. So right. I don't think we should be excited for the return to that. Now, there are people, Logan, I can't pronounce his last name. He's, uh, he's uh, He works at Housing Wire. 
his point is that this is an unhealthy housing market and we need a whole bunch more listings and only then will price stability and like real prices return to the market. I can kind of see that, but to me, most of the reasons why that would happen are not good ones. Yeah. I think the, so, the fun part, I think, I think you, you said this in between the lines is that's for existing homes. And then we look at what the rates are for existing homes. You compare that to brand new homes. I had a tweet earlier from Rick at, um, where are you at, Rick? Yeah, Rick at John Burns Research and Consulting. He put um, here at mortgage rates aren't 6.75. They're 4.9 to 5.5 if you buy from a builder. So just a caveat of like, it's so much more affordable to work with a builder, to buy with yeah. a builder. And that's why and in there's the article, homes available. So it's all this is great for builders. Right. Um, uh, uh, in the article, currently one third of housing inventory is new construction compared to historical norm of a little more than 10%, uh, said NHB chief economist. And market-proof marketing guest, Robert Dietz. Um, hey, I like that. More buyers looking at new homes, along with the use of sales incentives, have supported new home sales since the start of 2023. So, I mean, 30%. And it might even get a little bit higher before it goes lower in terms of the percentage of the market for new construction. All right. And the last one, Ooh, which uh, I think Andrew would say is a fun one. It is a fun one. I AI song so is fun. from the guardian.com yeah. AI song featuring fake Drake and weekend vocals has been pulled from streaming services. The song called heart on my sleeve has been removed from TikTok, Spotify, and YouTube for infringing content created with generative AI. So that sounds like to me, this is a huge deal to some link in the comments, link in the comments, not. by the way, to go listen to the song. I think unless it got it gets removed, taken actually it got removed. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Well, go, go on You'll the dark find web it on, and listen to the song. <laughs> yeah, the dark it. web. Open up tour. Go on the dark web. Don't do that. Um, yeah. Why does this, me, this big is a big deal? Well, this is what I was talking about a long a while ago, and I think you're looking at me like I'm a little bit crazy. Source of truth with AI and systems, like what is true? And I was going at it as far as like you'd use Chat GPT, and you're like, okay, Chat GPT, create me a paleo, gluten free, dairy free diet. That's 2,500 calories per day and does not have fish. Cool. It could do it, but who decides what foods have that criteria, that chat GPT, the AI decided that is true. I don't know. It learns on its own. So this, in essence, made a song. It sounded just like Drake. If you know Drake, everyone's heard Drake. If you heard Drake, I don't know what's wrong with you. You don't have to like him, but you've heard a Drake song. I'm like, this sounds like Drake. This could be Drake. Interesting weekend, not as much, didn't sound like him. The song made it to Spotify. Someone made money off of the song. And we were convinced, people were tricked that it was Drake, you know, number one selling hip hop mm. artist. Just like expand that to like the entire. I just want of, to say that must be that Drake's music is terrible, but you're I saying think it is terrible. the song was good. Was the song good? I don't know. The comments were saying it was like his best work in like two years. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, his recent stuff, like if we, that's a whole other thing, but like. <laughs> it it's it fits the mold the form it fits the formula for pop music which has always been like this is what sells right. this is what people are used to you can't deviate too much from it because then it won't get ready to play all that stuff but to me i'm like oh this is crazy like make me a new marvel movie that's ai it writes the script it writes this timeline cool then you go to me i'm like this is crazy like what is real this is the matrix that sounds a little bizarre and maybe like conspiracy theory but like ai this whole self-learning like create a new floor plan that fits this i have this disability da, 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 da. and now it so there is these huge positives to it but i think there's a lot of 
negative consequences that we just aren't ready for. I'm very much on Elon Musk's side as far as this, like, we need to figure this thing out because it's just like the snowball effect of, of look at this thing that someone decided to do. And it's a song, like, who really cares at the end of the day other than money? But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I know. Really there's definitely moral things that need to be thought through. There's legal things that need to be thought through. The thing, just a reminder to everyone, is that none of this stuff yet can think. Right. And I, without getting into a psychological podcast uh, format, language learning models are predictive only. All they do, again, is predict the most likely next word to go along with the context you provide it. That's why the prompts are so important. Yeah. If you just say, write me blank, it will give you stuff, but it won't be in the output necessarily that you want. So the ideal scenario, we talked about this with like zero shot, one shot, two shot prompts, is to say, I need output that looks like this. Like I use uh, ChatGPT a lot now to get the prompts for mid-journey, the visual AI tool that I use. But the best way to do that is to say, I need output that looks like this format that mid-journey expects. And here's a couple other prompts that I've already used or I've seen other people use that get them results that I want to try to emulate. And so that lets it not think better, it lets it predict better. It's looking at those patterns and predicting. So that's why I, that's why that's my joke about Drake's song is and and he used the right words like this artist became essentially their own algorithm, right? Like here's the Drake algorithm or here's the and I could harp on like modern music really like, oh modern music's terrible this is the Beatles for, formula this is the Rolling Stones this is Jimi Hendrix mm -hmm. et cetera et cetera they all have a similar thing what I think is very cool but also like oh this is kind of scary it could pick up. Whatever, I don't know how it's worked. I don't know all the intricacies, but Drake does this thing every millisecond. And it would pick, it on pick, the, it up. pick up on that instantly. We would not be able to pick it up. Or maybe like one or two people in the world can pick it up. We'd subconsciously it up pick it up maybe and be like, like oh, that sounds yeah. like Drake even without mm -hmm. hearing him sing or whatever he does when he yeah. moves. When he, when, you know. Or like how it's produced. <laughs> sorry, or I, just, I don't even know Drake. I'm just having I'm fun sure with it because I know that yeah. a lot of people like him. Yeah. Um, or um, I'm trying to think who you listen to. You'll send everything. No, no, like, J but, but this also goes like Jason like Mraz, changes David the baseline, Gray, every little thing, a John Mayer song, Foster the People, this way. some of my favorite bands. I just, what I think this is going to push people to, and it's going to give us the ability to do this better as humans is continue to evolve ourselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I heard someone, I think it was, um, shoot, a Lex Freeman podcast or someone I was listening to. We're talking about it. Like most famous people towards the end of their career end up becoming sad caricatures of themselves. Right. And they used Elvis as the example of like Elvis couldn't reinvent himself because the concept and brand and everything of Elvis was so powerful that mm -hmm. he felt I have to do more Elvis the way that Elvis did Elvis. If that right. makes sense. <laughs> or um, anyone that listens to Metallica, I'm sure we've all heard Metallica, but like their new stuff, on average, any Metallica fan, I think, would be like, mm, awful. But their core, cool. So what if, whatever we want to call this, like the music AI, could take the best-selling Metallica album of all time, make a new one, and you're like, this is this is it. This is crazy. And it's not even them. Does it? But does it matter? I guess that's where I saw this. I'm like, I, I got 
existential or, or well, whatever the word may be, like, does it matter? And so now we have like in 2030, 2040, no music is actually from the artist or maybe a little bit of it. They figure out the artist sample, they tweak this and we're like, oh, half of music on radio is not real. Potentially. Maybe I'm going to well, go extreme well, on it. There's it no doubt matter. that we'll all be able to make songs for ourselves that we love. The, the challenge is that if social media has taught anything to us, hopefully, is that if we all just get in our own little silo, then we don't mm -hmm. like ex music experience and shared with others. And the enjoyment of that is half or more for a lot of people of music. Right. Like you're not going to go to a concert by yourself for yourself. In the metaverse. At least no. not very often. Not until again, the metaverse, <laughs> like it's just, that's the concept <laughs> of like, you know, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so if I had to boil it down, it's do, do you as a company or a person, employee, et cetera, want to be fully predictable? Is that, is that good or bad? And I think the answer might be different, but if, if the answer is predictable, that's, that's when you should be more concerned than not. Because I, like, I think that's part of my own motivation is I, I like, I have a sense that I've gotten into a rut or I'm overly focused on a topic and it's just like kicking me from the inside. Like you need to, you need to go off in another direction, do something different, try something new. Yeah. And I, I my hope would be that this ends up saying like Drake looks at this and says, huh, hmm. I'm that predictable that I could have my best song in two years not be made by me. Maybe yeah. I should. And that, that's one of the reasons I like Jason Mraz right now. He's like in this weird seventies retro thing. Which I'm like, well, that's not the Jason Mraz that I love from The Remedy, but okay. Uh, you're like, uh, the more I listen to it, the more I start to like it. I'm like, okay, this is a different sound for him, but it's a new phase. And I think it'll, uh, the glass half full would be that all of us in our companies and what we do don't have to be stuck in ruts if we have these other tools available for us and the will to keep iterating. Right. It's yeah. interesting. Very all interesting. Right. There we go. Let's uh, let's do favorites. Sam, what do you got? My husband and I just got Apple TV a couple of weeks ago and we're Android people. So we've been putting off Apple for a while and uh, we finally watched Ted Lasso. And uh, I was very disappointed when yesterday I found out I'm all caught up to Ted Lasso and okay. I have to wait now for the next news episode next week. But it's a good show. I like it. If you haven't seen it, it's great. Yeah, there's some controversy about is season two as good as season one, but. I would say overall, it's uh, it's good content. Andrew, what about you? It's written by an AI, by the way, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not. Um, I, I couldn't get into it, but I am into The Office, and I'll watch that over and over again. But we signed up for Peacock, yet another subscription service, and there's these extended super fan editions of The Office. I've never watched those before. I didn't even know that existed. So I'm watching them, and it's so interesting. So if you're in The Office, watch it how much better the show is to me, the original version versus the extended, like the jokes are just like a minute too long. Or like that little dialogue is like the, it's like, this is the unedited version. And so every joke is like three minutes. You're like, man, they're, they're just going, they keep, they keep going. Yep. And they're still talking about the same thing. It's not trimmed back to like probably fit, you know, commercials like, like the actual TV time that it needs to be. But to me, it's interesting, like seeing, it's like a whole new version of the show. So we're, we're going through those, which before we would just, you know, an episode's like 20 to 20 ish minutes long. These are like 30 to 40 minutes. You're like, Ooh, this is weird. This is weird. So I'll, it, 
we started from the beginning to run. We're still in this first season, but big fan, even though it's, I like the original one better. Awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, ext- like extended content for Lord of the Rings. When I look at that, I'm like, how does this movie that it. was already stretching so long, like, yeah, do so we long. need another hour? Yes. Did you just say so good, Sam? Sam says, yes. I did, yeah. But we went oh, and saw all three extended editions in theaters in January. Like three Saturdays in a row. Yeah, for like it was like every four weekend. hours each, each Saturday we were watching one of the whole day. But, I would fall asleep, by the way, if that was me. Like just sitting there funny. for four hours. Like I would need a break. Yeah. What do you got going on, Kevin? Any new favorites? Um, yeah, my, my new favorites is playing around more with um, two apps on, on the iPhone. Uh, they also have, uh, web interfaces as well, polycam and Luma L U M A A I, um, polycam is the tool that I used that one time to take like a scan quickly of my hotel room. I think it was that I did, okay. uh, Luma is really cool because it allows you to use what are called neural radiance fields. Um, okay. it's training by using photos or videos, creating training content for a neural network to optimize the volumetric representation of a scene from a set of source images. What does that mean? What it means is that I can take high resolution images of myself standing outside in a place where you're not allowed to fly a drone and then create a shot that looks like you're flying a drone. Okay. Using neural networks, artificial intelligence to stitch together and create assumptive, fill in all the, all the blanks assumptively of what must the other side of that object look like, even if I didn't capture it in my image. That's what makes the drone thing so impressive is Hmm. even if you do this standing at ground level, you're able to fly the drone up and down without having content of what the top, I mean, actually the first thing I'm going to try now that I just mentioned it is I'm going to have my kid take a picture of me from all sides and see what the top of my head looks like. Does it have more hair or does it accurately project the accurate amount of hair? It it does an amazing job. And if you go on YouTube and search, um, nerf Luma, you'll come up with a bunch of different content that you can see examples of. Um, but Hmm. it's a, it's a great app on your phone that you can. So, so the difference, you know, polycam uses LIDAR, to scan an object. So it's actually sending out signals that are bouncing back and getting a representation of the object you're scanning. Nerf doesn't do that. It just takes images and then stitches it together with a neural network and says, this is what we think is here. That's what we think. Interesting. So you could- It's just really fun to mess around with. To me, yeah, it is is pretty cool. And this is where, not to beat a dead horse with my what is true, like I'm looking at this picture of this little plant that's on their site, um, Luma, on their thing. And the back half of the plant in reality, like if I were to touch it, is not at all what they predicted. But does it matter? Because mm. it looks like it could be the back half of it. Like if your hair is X, Y, Z, so you put a picture online, like does it really matter if that's not actually what it's like? That's where I'm kind of going with like, well, what is true? What is mm-hmm. not true? So if half your feed in the future is not actually real, which some could argue now it's not real because everything's edited and whatnot. The internet is not. Yeah, well, that's, life. I mean, uh, the LinkedIn post that I put celebrating the the builder who who did such a great job with their grand opening, I used Mid Journey to make four images of people mm-hmm. standing in line 
And in the comments, I say, hey, the stats are real. The pictures are not. But the pictures were real enough that people are still commenting like, wow, look at those lines. That's great. That's in, that's incredible. And, and to you're your fully point, honest and transparent. Like, like who's skimming it and just looking at it? I'm telling you, these are not real pictures, but I'm trying to, and I say, I'm just, I put the pictures in here to get your attention in the feed is actually what I said. Like, I'm mm -hmm. just here to get your attention with these pictures yeah, of like, people standing. That's not what it was. So in that instance, does it, does it matter? Well, no, cause I'm not trying to sell anything no. and representing it as true. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Just a philosophical discussion, I guess. The, well, the, the, the other thing, cause, uh, and we got, we got to wrap, but the difference between attracting customers to your service or product and getting them to start the process or continue through to the next part of the process versus being overly transparent to the point of confusing customers is, is a line that is not clear and you have to think yeah. through it step by step. Um, and this is another example of as a representational image of a plant to get you to go to my storefront that sells plants. I think it's perfectly acceptable to create content like yeah, that. 100%. That would gap, capture attention. To then go to a particular plant and represent it as you can buy this plant, mm, not okay. This plant, right? It arrives, you're like, hmm, that's not the same. <laughs> what happened there? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fine. All right. Uh, I guess we're bringing back question of the week in a different format. Oh, sneaky. I'm just sneaky. looking at the show notes. I love this. So the question of the week is, does anyone have an online chat service that they love? I either want just a chat function that is an offline leave a message trigger or something with a simple bot that can direct people to the right page, homeowner versus shopper, plus has an offline mode or also offers leave a message option. So uh, this is a question posted in DYC All Access. We will, I guess, put a link in the show notes. And if you, as long as you have access, you can go in there and answer the question. And we're also going to have a thrilling conversation there about what, kind of regardless of any particular service, why do we want that? What is the goals? What are the, what are the proper outcomes and expectations to set? Cause it's actually correlates to what we just talked about. Like the, do you want to just pop up and say, hi, we're not here to leave a message or we can give you information. Do you say, hi, we can help you. But then it's like, just kidding. No one's here, but now we got a lead. Like what is the, we got you. What is the purpose of it? Yeah. Intent. All right. What fun. That'll do it for this week, everyone. We'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peak, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market proof. <laughs> <laughs>